you very much. I'd like to start by um, saying thanks to Jim for his invitation today to present. I'm delighted to be here. Um, what I'm going to speak about today is further education as a route to higher education in Ireland. A background to some of the work that this is based on, it's part of the book, book chapter, chapter 3, uh, and it draws on two larger scale studies on further education and training in Ireland. The first further education and training in Ireland, past, present and future, um, with colleagues from the ESRI in 2014. That was a sort of a mapping exercise of further education and, and training um, for SULIS, the new governing body who was set up around that time, 2014, for further education and training. And then the second study, sorry, for the first study we used administrative data, um, not in the best form that we would have liked to have had it. So we have 100, about 150 providers of further education and training in, in Ireland and um, we were looking across all of those um, to try and map um, what exactly uh, was happening. And then in 2018 we had an evaluation of the PLC program, that's Post Leaving Certificate. And that when looking at further education and training, if you think of full-time equivalents, about 70% of what's happening in further education and training in Ireland is post-leaving certificate courses. So this is after the leaving cert, post-leaving um, post cert um, courses at around level 5, level 6. And um, Solis funded both of these larger studies. give another little bit of background in terms of an introduction. So Ireland experienced a very late development of vocational education. Um, so that makes it an interesting case to look at, partly because of um, delayed industrialization, also low status of manual work, and also the emphasis of church-run schools. Um, and, and that led to the late development of um, vocational education. Currently in the Irish uh, context, it's serves multiple roles, as Jim also suggested for the UK um, in his earlier presentation. It started as a channel for vocational skills and then as over time with developments providing a gateway for higher education for more disadvantaged students and also with the <coughs> increase in individuals going to higher education, it also has a second chance education for adult learners. The European Economic Community and also um, in connection with the European Social Fund was very influential in shaping vocational education in Ireland. The PLC courses stemmed from earlier courses again that were established as pre-employment courses initially around 1977 very much for younger cohorts of individuals so at that time maybe under 21s they were or sorry over 21s were about four percent of further education and training now we know that mature students make up a large proportion of further education and training around 40 percent now so that, that's a change over, over that trajectory. So it was primarily designed to provide vocational education for young um, people to transition into employment. So I have a graph here just to show um, 
how things have diverged over time. It starts in 1988, and the red line here is higher education. So you can see about 40,000 students attending higher education at that time in Ireland. We don't have data for further education. PLC wasn't established until 1992 um, officially. And you can see the numbers move from 20,000 to peak just before the recession at about 40,000 and then a drop off in terms of PLC further education. But large expansion of higher education. So everything I say today is against this, this background in terms of um, numbers. So what exactly um, do we have in terms of uh, PLC courses for those who maybe aren't familiar with uh, post-leaving certificate? To give a little bit of um, background in terms of the nature, we looked at enrolments um, in 2008 and 2009 as part of that initial mapping um, project and also enrolments in 2011 and 2012. And you can see that the bulk of the courses are in education, social sciences, business and law, about 41, 33%, so a drop around then. Um, and also general programs, humanities and arts, a much smaller number in STEM and agriculture and services. But the numbers of individuals studying for these courses increasing over this time by about 16%. So going for 26,000 up to 30,000 um, studying for these courses. So there are one to two year courses, level five to six. So just below bachelor degree. There is a scheme in place, a higher education link scheme, and it gives learners the individual to use their post-leaving certificate to access higher education. Universities, IOTs, and some independent HE institutions offer places to individuals through this route. However, um, it's mainly confined to IOTs in Ireland. When you look at the numbers, the large majority are going into IOTs, so Institutes of Technology in Ireland and also UK universities. The key objectives and the approach that we follow, we wanted to profile the individuals on following further education and training. We wanted to analyze the views of principles at PLC provision. So in the second study, as part of the evaluation, we also collected our own data. So we interviewed the principles of all the providers, well, 70% response rate of 150 providers. And we also um, had surveys with learners. Uh, we looked at 2010. <coughs> and we created a sample in 2010 and we surveyed them in 2015 and we asked about their experiences in 2010, in 2012 and 2015 just to see what their outcomes were. We asked them about um, their relevant work experience, skill formation, take up of supports, um, guidance process and the quality of their experiences. So we profiled and we looked at um, outcomes as well. four strands that we followed. The first was just desk-based research, received information from the Department of Education and Science. 
um, and looked at the survey that comes back to the department in terms of the numbers um, that are studying for this qualification. We also looked, um, as I said, a survey of the principals and a survey of the learners. Then we ran some workshops also with key stakeholders to supplement that um, data analysis. The first thing we wanted to look at was the geographical spread of the provision and also the likely need and trends over time. We looked at indicators related to the educational provision. I won't present everything today, but I will take the main uh, findings from those studies. Uh, so looking across course completion, accreditation, learner supports that were available, work experience and skill formation, and also the perceptions of principals in terms of the education, a range of educational variables. We wanted to see what did principals think was the most important role that further education and training played. And we also wanted to ask the students what was the most important role for them. So some of the main findings. In terms of the programme objectives, what we found was the principals saw the PLC courses as having multiple functions. Okay. They was, that was to include the progression to employment, progression to HE, a lifelong learning component for mature students, and social inclusions. And they actually placed almost equal ways, 30 to 35% across each of these three aspects. When we asked learners, and we surveyed about 1,500 students over that time. So it's quite a large-scale study. Now, at that time, we have, we'll see in the next slide, not everybody went into further education. We wanted to compare the outcomes of those who went into HE and those who went directly into the labour market. But the individuals were asked as to what was their main goal. 40% of them said, I'm taking on a further education place in order to get a job, to have employment. Another 40% said, I am taking on further education in order to access a higher education course. And there was another 20% who said it was for their own personal development. That was the other option. Um, so you can see the differences there in terms of, and I know that they're not mutually exclusive, they can work hand in hand um, in that way. So the findings suggested also a greater need for clarity around the purpose of specific courses. So for students entering, it would be helpful for them to understand that this course really is very well linked to a higher education. There's a, there's a very clear pathway if you enter this course and want to enter HE. Or if you want to enter the labour market, this course is very well linked in that way. So to create some sort of a systematic um, distinction between these these courses so that students have a better idea of their, their pathways. The evidence from the survey of principals, I've just included a couple of quotes here which really summed up um, what we found out in the surveys and also the key stakeholder interviews. The providers very much saw the further education as offering a bridge from second level education into higher level education by equipping students with skills and competencies that they needed for the transition that perhaps they didn't have at that moment in time. So the first quote here says, 
It is an excellent stepping stone which bridges the gap between secondary level and third level. It prepares students very well for third level, both in terms of the content of programmes and in helping students to get into the habit of study. So that's from one of the Further Education College principals. It was also seen as helpful for individuals who had a difficult experience at second level, maybe struggled um, in some way at, with study at second level in order to help them to settle into HE better, again as a stepping stone or a bridge. Another quote that we have is, all students are not ready for higher education when they finish second level. PLC is an excellent transition, learning how to learn, research and writing assignments and projects as well as developing communication skills. So while I'm talking about um, post-leaving certificate here, this could also be relevant for many other further education and training or vocational education training. This is quite small, they, they are printed in, in the handouts, but as, as I said to you, our samples, individuals who we observed on the register in 2010 and then surveyed in 2015, there was a few routes that they could take. Okay, in the first, the labour market entrance, they went directly into the labour market. They could also follow a PLC. They could also do PLC and onto HE. We, we left five years in order not to have any lock-in effects, you know, to observe, to give them time to progress through the stages. Or they could go directly into HE. So in terms of our sample, those who, um, and we oversampled PLC, okay, because we wanted to look at their experiences. It was an evaluation of that course. So we had about, you know, 45% of them had PLC alone or PLC into HE. And in terms of descriptives then, we can see that individuals doing PLCs are more likely to be female, they're more likely to be older, more likely to be in a relationship, not single, more likely to be parents, um, more likely for, to be from disadvantaged backgrounds, so less likely to have a mother or father with a degree. And then these last um, points here relate to their leaving certificate. So you, in the leaving certificate, you can get between 100 to 600 points. And you can see the differences here in terms of points. So their academic ability or points at, on leaving school on average, were not as high for further education and training. What's interesting is there are individuals, let's look at PLC here. So they're in the range of 200 to 400 points, which is quite a good um, leaving cert result. Individuals are going to PLC, but also individuals are going to HE. So there's some individuals here, in terms of points alone, that could have accessed higher education, could have went directly in. Um, but didn't, went to PLC. So these are the individuals that we were really interested in looking at to see what was the difference in their outcomes. Okay, so descriptively we can see um, we can see that, but we can also use, I'm a labour economist, I also look at economics of education, I work alongside sociologists within our institute. So we use different methods, quantitative and qualitative, to look at these things. And we were also able to use an econometric technique to match individuals on their background, to match very similar individuals and see what their outcomes were. 
Um, in terms of lear learner characteristics and experiences, what the students told us was that PLC provision provides access to educational opportunities for a socially diverse group. So we found that less educated family backgrounds, more likely to be older, as I said, have children, have higher incidence of special needs. Sorry, that was the last um, row of that thing, that table I showed. Special education needs were higher among those groups compared to those who went directly into HE. They were largely satisfied with the course design when asked how happy they were with their experiences. The vast majority of them felt that their teachers and tu tutors had the required knowledge that was required and that were supportive. However, PLCs were certainly seen as a compromise. So we had two variables really that captured this. One was um, in terms of regress. Would they have followed the same path if there was an alternative available to them? And regrets seemed to be higher among the ones that had followed um, further education and training. Um, and we had another, another variable as well that looked at that, that showed a similar, you know, what were their goals? That was the question. Did you achieve your goals on leaving secondary school? And further education and training students were less likely to say they had achieved their goals initially. So they, they were more likely to say they hadn't achieved their goal and more likely to say that they had regret in terms of their pathway, okay? Even though they were reported that they were happy with the course design. Um, and again, that's a, most likely a status issue comparing higher education and further education and training. Financial challenges was uh, the single, single greatest difficulty for PLC students. And when we drilled down into that, it was largely because they had less financial support from family. They had a higher incidence of caring responsibilities, you know, in terms of having children. And that also restricted their employment um, options, whether that be part-time um, in, in that case. In terms of the outcomes, which I set up just a little bit earlier, in saying that we were able to compare like individuals in terms of their family background, in terms of male, female, age, leaving certain points, and special needs were the main variables that we were able to match individuals on. We found that the outcomes were quite good, actually more than quite good, very good. So individuals in terms of employment outcomes were 16% more likely to go into employment than like individuals who did not do a PLC course, who went directly into the labour market. Okay, so that's quite a strong finding. Also in terms of PLC learners, those who studied for, um, a PLC course were 27% more likely to go into higher education than individuals who did not have a PLC course. So these are quite strong um, findings in terms of outcomes for employment and progression to HE after five years. We found no effect after three years, but that's because the individuals who are in HE, there was a lock-in effect there. So it, it takes five years to actually see these results. The wage impacts were not as strong that we found, and they tend to be very cyclical in nature. So if we're looking at them at a certain period of time in terms of boom and bust, it can be quite um, less robust to look at that, that outcome.
I know today we're talking about further education as a route to higher education, but I will just say a little bit around the labour market and the labour market that PLC students face. Other speakers have also um, talked a little bit about this. One thing we found that could be seen as, that it would be seen as a disadvantage is that PLC courses have not changed over time. So as we look at them in um, earlier in the 1990s through 2000, the composition of the courses has almost remained stagnant. So when we looked at it before the recession and then after the recession, unemployment had changed dramatically over that time. But yet the courses had not changed. The composition of the courses had not changed. While we know that the employment options available to individuals um, were different. And that could be the case in terms of teaching staff and the difficulties that it would have to have that type of flexibility, HR issues around that. But it is something that certainly should be considered in, in terms of technological advances and so on and so forth. Then the decisions around which course to offer tend very much to be driven by student demand. And this was this was reported by the principals, so we gave options as to what was the main reasons for offering a course. Very much student demand was um, the main driver. Also, to close a course, lack of student demand. Okay, that's the main one. So it needs to be some sort of development of a, a system for maybe national oversight in terms of that also for offering new courses and, and closing courses. The employer engagement at a local level is crucial and is not there in the Irish system. Uh, currently it is getting better. We have set up a national skills council to have um, national oversight and nine regional bodies that are working with colleges, employers, um, and students to try and aid and assist that coordination. But at the time of the, our studies, that wasn't there. Um, and it's too early to see the impacts of that currently. Not all PLC learners feel prepared for the world of work. Even though work experience was supposed to be a core Aspect. So all students were supposed to do work experience as part of this course. Um, one, over one-fifth reported not having any work experience, um, which is an issue if um, that is something that they're going into this expecting to have. And that also could be related to the employer and, and provider links within any specific area. So some principals were reporting meeting with employers once a year. Others were reporting meeting with employers four to five times a year. Some principals were reporting having huge difficulties placing students. Other principals reported having, actually that was a 50-50 split, 50% said huge difficulties and 50% said no difficulties at all. So there's very um, regional disparities in terms of um, work placements and, and having work experience. So then to conclude, um, just drawn out three real main conclusions here. The first finding over the two studies was there are strong positive outcomes for individuals who um, take on post-leaving certificate courses. In terms of 
employment and also progression into HE. As I said, 16% more likely to go into employment and 27% more likely than very similar individuals to progress into higher education. Um, at the same time, more could be done to ensure that PLC provision responds to ongoing changes over time to offer a more varied um, curriculum to students. And last but not least is it's also important to challenge the idea that PLC courses and further education and training in general are second best compared to the higher education alternatives. And in the chapter we spoke about that this is some way enforced by its role as a bridge. So students entering it as a step into higher education, although it is shown that without the further education they may not have progressed to HE, that it is providing them with skills that they require, but yet when asked they say I didn't achieve my goal and I have regret in the path that I have taken um, in terms of that. So another thing that came up uh, to a lesser extent from the principals was they really felt that there was competition between FE and some HE providers and also institutes of technology within Ireland in terms of the courses that were, off, were being offered and the students that they were trying to attract, that it was becoming much more difficult to compete and the duplication was also an issue. So within a small region, if you have an IOT offering a certain course and also a second level school who's running this fur running further education and training programs, if they're competing for the same students and offering the same courses, duplication is, is not beneficial um, for either the provider or the students. So that's more or less uh, all I have. Thanks. Thanks very much. Thank you.